Merhaba everyone. Welcome back to the Turkish Breakfast Club. I'm your host, Miranda Lin. Turkey is the first majority Muslim country I've ever lived in. And one of the most visible parts of that is seeing so many women wearing the hijab. But while I've seen the hijab and read about the hijab and definitely heard a lot of debate about the hijab, I've never actually directly talked to a hijabi woman about what it all means to them. So that's what we're doing this week with my guest, Efnan Han. On top of being very patient with my questions, Efnan is also a presenter at TRT World, Turkey's English language public broadcaster. And she's the first hijabi woman to read the news on an international channel. As a disclaimer, Efnan isn't a religious authority and isn't speaking on behalf of all hijabi women everywhere. She's simply sharing her own story so we can begin to remove the sense of taboo around the hijab and have a more open and hopefully more understanding conversation from all sides. So without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome to the Turkish Breakfast Club. Thank you. Um, so you have very kindly agreed to be our guide today because we are discussing the topic of hijabs. Um, and it has become a bit of a sensitive political issue recently, um, unfortunately. And so I think it's almost become a taboo subject to mm. talk about hijabs. Right. Um, and people who are non-Muslims, maybe it feel a bit shy Um, about broaching the subject yeah. out of fear of being you know, offending you or saying the wrong thing. So let's lay it all down. Let's do it. Um, you're going to listen to all of my offensive questions. And um, no, no, there's no offensive questions. I think it's better to educate uh, yourself on the topic rather than retract from asking questions to people of the religion, people who may or may not wear the hijab. I think it's always better to be very open and straightforward. I don't find anything offensive unless I know that that person might have some bad intentions but I'm pretty sure you have some good intentions here Miranda. <laughs> a good place, I promise, I promise. Um, okay so let's start with like the most basic things then. Cool. So how do you wear a hijab? What are the rules for wearing a hijab? All right so um, a lot of people have different ways of wearing the hijab. Um, according to some groups of people the hijab has to be covering not just your head, but your whole body in a certain way. Um, and according to some other people, you don't have to, I'm trying to find the right words because it is, it is a sensitive topic. So. I'm feeling shy, but so. now maybe it's become even more sensitive for you. Let's say, let's say it's completely, like, let's speak from a personal perspective. Right. Like you don't have to speak on behalf of all Right, I, I don't want to speak on behalf of every single hijabi out there because everyone does it the way they see it fit. Everyone's lifestyle is different. Everyone's brought up and bred in different uh, cultures and in different ways. So speaking on my behalf, um, hijab for me is more than covering your hair. Hijab for me is my identity. Hijab for me is the way I act and speak to people, the way the stance that I have in public spaces, in my home, Uh, towards my loved ones, you know, towards my friends, my family, my co-workers. I think that's that's really important. Like, more than just it being a, a head covering, it's kind of like a whole character. Mm. And that's, you convey all of that through the hijab. I do. I do, I, I do think it, I convey that through, you know, my hijab. Um, listen, wearing a hijab 
is it's not easy, you know. It's not easy at all. I've had a lot of friends that have, you know, have been wearing it since they were, God, for as long as I can remember, <laughs> to be honest. I've been wearing it for as long as I can remember. Yeah, when did you start wearing the hijab? Oh, I started uh, around 12 years old. Okay. I was quite young. I was, the thing is, with, with me, when I was growing up, all the female figures in my life had the hijab on. So it was kind of, I was kind of accustomed to it. It was natural. It was natural for me, you know what I mean? When I actually first decided to actually start wearing the hijab, my mom was kind of skeptical. She was like, I think it's a bit too early. Like, take your time. Yeah, of course. Because I think what they're worried of is like, you don't, the intention into going into putting the hijab on permanently yeah. should completely be there for the right reasons. Like you should you should know what you're getting into kind oh, of a thing. Is there like an age where you start, this usually starts to become a conversation or right. is it like when you're, like there are classes that you start to no. take? Okay, so basically if we're talking about it religiously, mm-hmm. when you're considered a mature being for a woman, child, so like an or an adolescent. development, or is this like a physical? It's a physical development. So when you get your period, you're considered as someone who, you know, has taken that step into an adolescent's life, where you know you're somewhat old enough to, you know, be taking those serious steps into, you know, putting the hijab on now and like. Everything you do kind of after that point in your life is somewhat, you know, has a different meaning to like, you know, where you're working towards religiously or in any other way as well. Did you understand this as a 12, like even before you were 12, that this was... Listen, I had the talk. I had the talk with my mom. My mom... So this is the talk that you guys get. Instead of like the birds and the bees, it's like... I think, I think every mom has that talk with their, with their kid, whether, you know, you're a Muslim or not, you know, when, when you're going through that phase in your life. You know, you don't know too much. Um, so I think whether, you know, you're part of the religion, you're not part of the religion, every mother would have that conversation sure. with their kids saying, you know, listen, like your body's changing and like you're growing now. And like when I had that conversation with my mom, like she didn't, she didn't impose anything on me at the time because she thought I was, you know, young. She didn't want me to make um, quick decisions and me regret it later on. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always a period I feel for every little Muslim girl where they'll try it, they'll try wearing the hijab and then they'll take it off and they'll try it. And then there, there would be times they were, they would wear it like when they would go to the mosque or when they would go have like Quran lessons or, or anything like that. There would be like moments where you would wear it and take it off. So that would kind of be like a trial period for you. But I think what inspired me the most at the time that really made me want to wear it was seeing every you know, strong women in my life have it on. And it was empowering for them. Mm. You know what I mean? Even though it comes with its struggles Mm. that society has put there for us, Mm -hmm. um, it was always empowering. Like my mom, she's always been a really strong woman that's worked throughout, you know, every stage of her life. You know, she's, she's went through a lot of troubles, a lot of struggles, but she's always powered through it. And I felt like, you know, that was always a symbol that she's like stuck by. And I think like the stance that my mom always had kind of pushed me to be like, you know what, like I want to be like her, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like I want to, I want to grow up to be like my mom. Like even today, 
She's uh, in her late 50s. She's still working full-time mama. She still loves to like dress up and look presentable in public spaces. So she always like has her matching scarf with her matching shoes and her matching jewelry. Um. This is the other thing is that like you are maybe one of the, the most stylish people I oh, know. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and this is my own preconceived notions of just like the hijab was supposed to be like a sign of modesty, and so it could only be you know like very like it was there to cover you rather than to you know be part of your outfit that could be incorporated in you right. as like something that shows yourself in a different way. Right. And so. I, it was only until I came to Turkey that I started looking around. I was like, oh, "There's some really fashionable right. women, and this, the way that they wear their hijab is just so chic." And I mean, I know that's maybe not the intention, but I was really like struck. By Listen, you can have the best of both worlds. Mm. You can have the best of both worlds by all means. Like, obviously, there are criterias that you have to follow within the religion to like stay modest mm. physically, whether it be not wearing like tight clothes or like you know fully covering your hair and stuff. But I think we've come to the point where, you know, people are very aware that like there are options now that can be fashionable, but at the same time completely modest. You know what I mean? And that's only happened within like the past uh, decade, I can say. Anything before that, man. <laughs> it was a tough time. It was a tough time. <laughs> I mean, like the things that people were wearing. <laughs> We've all come a long way. We've come a long way. Maybe. We have, we have. Um, so can you tell me, like, when you're putting together a look, um, what types of things do you think about? The main things that I think about would be obviously covering my hair with my hijab. So number one is, like, fundamental thing is that I should cover all of your hair. Yeah, okay. cover all of my hair and my neck. And your neck, okay. Yeah, my, my hair, neck, and ears. Okay. Like, that whole area. Um, I'm into shawls rectangular shawls if that means anything to anyone <laughs> at this, <laughs> well there's record. different there's different styles miranda I this is why i need you here to tell me all the different kinds of shawls <laughs> um so i'm into shawls at this point in my life before shawls i was um using square shaped um scarves so basically you you kind of reshape those squares into triangles and then you kind of tie that with like pins around your head. Okay, so it doesn't have to be any specific no. fabric. Like no, it doesn't have to no, be like no. blessed or something. No, you can wear a hoodie by all means. Okay. Like it doesn't, you know, the intention is what matters. You know okay. what I mean? The intention with the action. And it doesn't matter like a fabric, color, No, no, patterns, whatever floats your boat, whatever makes you feel good. Okay. You have to feel good to conquer the world. If you feel good, you can accomplish a lot of things. There are also styles to wearing the hijab. Like, there are, I there are many styles. Some people like wear something under the headscarf or in it a certain way. Right. Does it, is that a reflection of just your personal style? Is it a cultural, regional thing? Or can you tell like someone is super conservative or like what sect did they come from? Like, um, I think it really changes to be honest. I, I really think it, it, it is a cultural thing. So a lot of people in the Middle East would you know, kind of wear their hijab a certain way and like in Turkey they wear it a certain way. Like I said, I'm into, you know, rectangular shawls at this point in my life. But um, it does it does depend on like your the region you come from, I think, and your own personal style. And Do you feel like it's, it's like a, a Quranic thing? Like you need to study and understand the history, the religion 
of the hijab, or is it like a cultural thing that your family, your mothers, your like friends that they pass on to you, and something that you then like? I think it goes hand in hand. So obviously, we're wearing it because of our religion. That's just that's that, fundamental. That's the it. fundamental part of it. You're wearing it because you're a Muslim. Yeah. You follow the religion of Islam. This is asked of you within our religion. That's why you're wearing. That's the fundamental reason. Yeah. But with the whole cultural aspect of it, seeing you know women in your family wearing it, women in your environment wearing it, it goes hand in hand with the religion part. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're just grown in that in that way, in that manner. That just kind of mm, solidifies right. okay. Okay. the fundamental right. reasons of why you wear it. Just a brief pause to remind you that all of the episodes this month, Women's Month, have been dedicated to different aspects of the female experience in Turkey. From the fight against gender violence, to the trans experience, to the history of everyday women during the Ottoman period, we hope you'll give us a listen and a follow at The Turkish Breakfast Club. Now, back to Efnan. Well, I was wondering, like, growing up in Canada, where it's a multicultural country, people are pretty, I think, open to wearing whatever you want. Right. But you're still in a visible minority. There wasn't even half of people wearing the hijab, I would say. Yeah. And then coming into Turkey at that time, where the hijab was much more visible, you were maybe in the majority or close to the majority then. Right. What was that feeling like of going from one to the other? Um, listen, as long, like, since I started wearing the hijab in Canada, I was never treated differently for wearing it. I could, I could say that wholeheartedly. Maybe if I was living in another, like, if I wasn't in Toronto and I was in another place of Canada. Right. Toronto is supposed to be like the most multi-ethnic place in the world. Right. It says. Right. <laughs> Allegedly, PR. but it's <laughs> PR going on there. But <laughs> um, maybe if I was living in another place of Canada, I wouldn't be as comfortable. But for the most part, or for the whole part, I, I can't say that you know, I was really treated poorly in this instance even on the playground like even on the kids. playground no we were so used to being in such a multicultural environment that like the level of acceptance was beyond what i've seen anywhere in the world to including be honest turkey? including turkey listen i love my country which country are we talking about? Turkey. Yep. <laughs> Just checking. I love, I'm very patriotic. Mm -hmm. You know, we've come a long way. Turkey, for anyone that's lived in Turkey, would know that everything in this country is politicized. Everything. Mm -hmm. You know, in Canada, we would barely hear about what's happening. <laughs> but when you come to Turkey, like, politics, it's in the middle of your life. Yeah. And... Just to give some background to people that might not know, like back in the day, um, women weren't able to wear their headscarves at schools. They weren't able to study in universities with their headscarves. We weren't able to work in governmental institutions, let alone the private sector. Were you so, aware of this background when you arrived to Turkey and you moved here? I knew that Turkey had a troubled history when it came to the headscarf. 
I know people that, you know, left their homes, they moved abroad, you know, just to to have rights to an education. Like, that shouldn't be that way, you know what I mean? Like, you Did should... your family have to go through any of that? Like, was that in your, like, family memory? Like, your parents, your grandparents? It, it wasn't. It wasn't in my family. The only time that I felt it was when I first moved to Turkey. Um, I got this translation gig at this um, expo that was being held. They're selling like dinar machines, okay, at this expo. <laughs> Another podcast. And they needed a translator. And then the lady who is one of the owners of the company that I was going to translate for at the expo welcomed me. And obviously, I have my scarf on. She was showing me around the booth, and then she was like, well, the washrooms are just down the hall. She's like, you can go. And then I was like, oh, thanks. And I was so naive, like, I was so stupid. I was like, oh, she's being so sweet. You know, she's showing me the, the way of the washroom just in case I need to use it. They're so welcoming, so sweet. Anyways, a minute passes and she's like, well, aren't you gonna go? And then I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, are you gonna translate for us looking like that? And then I was like, what? <laughs> So what she was expecting you to go change? She had the audacity to ask me to go to the washroom and take my scarf off during the time that I was translating for them. To because sell a donair machine. <laughs> yes, because a lot of women, Miranda, have been treated that way. And a lot of women, to get places in their life in this country, have been forced to remove their scarves, whether it be going into a school or working somewhere, making a living. Women have gone through this for years. For years and in that particular situation that I was put in I was like there's no way there's no power that can make me do that if you want me to translate for you I'll translate for you in this form with my hijab on how long ago was this like it, it feels like it was ages ago it was it was more than 10 years ago do you think that that attitude has changed now like the turkey of today because I know like a very fraught history in Turkey with the hijab and that Erdogan when he came in and allowed women and empowered women to wear their hijab and mm -hmm. be in public spaces, that was a huge deal. It was. But in the, the time since then, is that still like fraught territory? Is that still something that like is a battle that you guys are, you feel like you're fighting in Turkey our di right, right now? Okay, so the tables have kind of turned in our current day uh, we're not ostracized as we used to be before. We're completely free. I'm the first international news anchor to be sitting and presenting news to the world. That's huge. You know what I mean? Like when we compare to other channels, there are other hijabi presenters, but no one's sitting in the anchor seat. Well, I mean, we've worked together at TRT World, TRT mm -hmm. World. And when you, I've known you for a few years before you you know, were promoted to presenter. And so right. when I saw you as presenter, I was like, oh, cool, like, Fnan's, you know, she's gotten a promotion, great. And I just thought of it there. I didn't think the first hijabi presenter. Yeah. Until it was, like, someone beside me, another hijabi girl, who was saying, like, oh my god, like, how gorgeous is that to see a hijab on screen for a news channel? Yeah. And that was the first moment that it struck me how, what a monumental moment that was. It definitely is. For um, you, how did you feel in that... Were you super oh, aware man. of it as well? Like, did you? Feel I like was. You I felt like I felt like I had the world's weight on my shoulders. 
Like, it's like a make it or break it moment. Like, every move you do is gonna be extra, extra analyzed because you have that scarf on your head. You know what I mean? You feel like, you know, you're representing the Muslim world. I don't know, maybe I was overthinking it all in my own mind, but it was like, for me, it was like, listen, this is a huge step. Like, I'm pretty sure there's gonna be a whole bunch of young girls, you know, looking up one day and being like, you know what? She did it. We'll do it. You know what I mean? And even that on its own, that's like, that just means everything. That means everything because we didn't have that. You know, we didn't have, we had our mothers or sisters, you know, figures that, you know, we directly had contact with that set amazing examples for us. But like the messages that I get through social media, young girls on their own, like just sending messages to me saying, you know, we want to be like you one day, you've really paved the way, we really believe that it can happen now, you know, and I just really hope that we see more figures like me, not just, you know, in in the field of journalism, but in every field, you know, more powerful women, hijabi women, women on their own, like it doesn't, it's, it's a collective struggle, you know, it, it's hard to be a woman, let alone be a hijabi woman, you know, <laughs> so, um, yeah, we are all in it together. Have you ever felt though that were there moments where you felt like oh maybe I should just take it off maybe like would be easier you're just curious or it's listen um, any hijabi girl or woman that wears the hijab there's no way that they would never think how would my life be if I didn't have it on it crosses your mind it it naturally crosses your mind especially my like giving my two cents on it <laughs> the struggles that I have been through to make my hijab work on air I cannot even like explain to you how hard it's been you know because you gotta look a certain way when you're presenting the news you can't just like wear your your normal day hijab when you're on TV everything kind of catches your eye so you have to be a bit more careful when I first started wearing the hijab and started presenting it was like damn what am I gonna wear <laughs> I've tried so many things and then I'm looking at like my colleagues my co-workers and like they have their beautiful necks showing and their hair all done and they look so gorgeous and you're like oh my god they look so good you know it's it's been a struggle like you think about it it crosses your mind but I think what's important in this whole situation is that Again, it comes back to the reasoning behind wearing it. Like, it's not just a, a headscarf, you know? It's your identity. You can't just strip someone of their identity, you know what I mean? We're all grown women, Miranda. Like, if I wanted, I could have easily taken my scarf off with the support of my family, you know what I mean? But it's not about that. It's, it's about what really represents me. I love wearing it. I love challenging people with it. Some expressions that I've seen in my lifetime, priceless. Not all smiling faces? Not, not all smiling faces. <laughs> Surprising. Not all smiling faces. <laughs> but um, I'm proud. Do you face a lot of preconceived notions based on your hijab? Definitely. Both I from do. like a more conservative people or definitely, more people. definitely from both, mm. from both. Like the super conservatives expect you to be in a certain way, and then the seculars they just totally disregard your being. Mm. Um, I feel like a lot of people who lie 
in the middle of the spectrum of both sides, it's super hard for them. You know what I mean? It's super hard because you can't make either side happy. Um, and like for the millennials at least, like I'm a millennial. <laughs> and um, you know, we're seeing those barriers break more and more as time passes with the upcoming generations. But you know, for millennials, it's, it's really hard to be able to kind of mesh both. You know, no middle I mean? ground. there's no middle ground. And like, I feel like the millennials are kind of stuck in the middle, kind of saying like, oh, but like trying to justify their themselves to both sides. I don't know, it's tough. As a mother now of two daughters yourself, mm -hmm. have you thought about how you're going to have the talk with them and explain the hijab to them? I don't think anything should be forced upon anyone. It wasn't forced upon me. And that's the exact approach that I would have on my children. Yeah. I will educate them about it, um, tell them why we're doing it, make them be fully aware of the hijab and what comes with it. And with time, they will make their own decisions. You know what I mean? If they don't wear the hijab, will you be a little bit disappointed? <sighs> you know, I feel like every parent has a perception in their mind of how they want their kids to turn out. But would I be disappointed if my daughter wasn't wearing the hijab, but she was an amazing person inside, like in her heart, and she had an amazing character? No, I won't. You know, because her intention matters. You know, having the hijab on your head isn't everything. You know, like I said, the hijab doesn't just mean covering your head. It means the way you act towards people, the way you carry yourself, your intentions. It's every form of the steps you take in life. You've been very patient with all of the questions that I have. But are there questions that you get from people that you find really frustrating or like right. misconceptions that come at you consistently that you're just like, this is, this is annoying. Listen, ugh, there are questions that, you know, people ask that you're like, really, they couldn't think this through before asking. Like, it's just common sense. Mm -hmm. Like, I've had people ask me like, do you have hair under there? Like, so it's like, of course I have hair. <laughs> okay, that sounded like an ignorant person, but um, I know you have hair under there. But I was surprised. I went to a henna party one night, which is like a bachelorette party kind of right. idea, where people were taking off their hijabs. Right. We love that. I was kind of surprised that both have different haircuts, that they have dyed hair. Oh, of course not. We love hair. it. Well, I just, I mean, we're people. <laughs> But it doesn't occur to you when you cover it most of the day that yeah. you would still want to style it in all these different ways. And no, that did of kind course of strike you do. Me a surprise. I know, I know. I'm sorry to. Uh, no, no, no. That, Don't that be person. sorry. A lot of people aren't aware, and like, um, we do cover our hair. But you know, when we go back into our mahram, which is mahram means places where we can open up. Mm -hmm. So the people we can open up in front of, which is your father, your brother, your uncles, your grandfather, and your husband. Okay, so you like direct... So you're direct male family member. Okay. And any female. And any female. It doesn't matter what female it is. Even I can, I can like open up in front of you. Of course. Of course, yeah. So we, we love to style our hair. We love to dress up. We love to dye it, cut it. Anything that any other normal person would want to do with their hair, we do it. <laughs> Normal you know, people we're normal like people. Us. Yes. Oh, this is mind blowing. This is the headline of this podcast. I can't judge people for asking those questions, but like, you know, asking me if I have ha hair under my scarf is kind of absurd, to be honest. Or 
asking me if I shower with it on. Like, no, buddy, I don't shower with it on. Do you shower with your clothes on? You don't shower with your clothes on. Like, it just makes no sense sometimes. I'm planning on releasing a series of episodes, including this one, throughout March as, like, the Women's Day, Women's Month. Amazing. For you, like, as a Muslim hijabi woman, how do you see yourself fitting into, like, the wider, like, women's movement, women's rights movement. As a hijabi Muslim wanting to make change for women, I mean, again, I feel like <laughs> um, you carry a lot of weight on your shoulders, um, but you just really have to stand by your values and be super outspoken. Women are so accustomed to, let me just wait a bit longer and see what will change. We're so used to staying quiet. Make your voices heard loud and clear cause a problem by all means you know ask for your rights it's because we're always used to being in the shadow left in the shadow that we're not able to be treated as equals we have to first break those barriers amongst ourselves and push each other to get what we deserve no matter how much you can do we're aware that we can do it we can do it all we can do it all but we are equals and we've proven that with time and we will continue to prove it. Just a message to all my ladies out there, stick up for your rights, always have a loud voice because having a quiet one will not get you anywhere. Thanks again to Fnon for taking the time to speak with us in between her many full-time jobs, reading the news, raising a family and conquering the world. If you want to see Efnan in action, you can watch her most days on TRT World. If you want to learn more about Turkey's complicated history with the hijab, we'll be posting some links on the show notes. And if you want to get more from us, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Turkish Breakfast Club. Until next time, gürüşürüz!